This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I am your bartender for the evening. I am the Dude. So that's what you call me. Or you can call me Anthony. That's cool too. Uh, this episode is the big Saturday episode of Hey Bartender Podcast. And I got a great guest on here from you. I found her on TikTok. She goes by the Canadian Ginger Girl. Her name is Ashley Ann Hope. She is from Alberta, Canada. She's been a bartender uh, in the past for seven years. We had an amazing conversation. This girl is awesome. She is very funny. She is very cool. And this is one of the podcasts where I wish it was video because you should have seen how animated she was on some of the questions that she was answering. It was hilarious. But, uh, you know, sit back, relax. And have a listen to this podcast. She is very cool. Uh, she'll We talk about her own personal drink special. We talk about good times in the bar, bad times in the bar, what she's doing now, all sorts of stuff. You're going to love it. Also, later on in the show, we're going to have musical guest divide the day. So you want to stick around for that. But until then, Laura Hope and the Art Tones, would you please help me get started? Hey bartender, pass me a drink. A reason that I'm here. How's it going? I really appreciate you for uh, taking time out to be on the show. I've been, I ran it across your TikToks, and you had some great bar stories, and uh, I thought I got to get this girl on my show. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, time out to be on here of course of course uh honestly i'm really just honored that you invited me i've never been invited to a podcast before so well that's kind of the point of this whole podcast is to you know, get other bartenders to come on and talk about the story because there there's a lot of people out there sponsors in particular which i've only had maybe two but uh they don't understand that i don't sit here and talk about uh drinking getting drunk and stuff like that it's all about bartending and the bartenders what we deal with as you know uh in the service industry and the only people that seem to understand it are actual bartenders and servers so 100 <laughs> percent. yeah everybody else just thinks that it's like i often find a lot of times people think that i'm uh embellishing my stories when i'm most of the time i'm actually toning them down yeah because otherwise TikTok will probably take them down. Like I have lots of stories that I can't tell on TikTok because they will a hundred percent get shut down. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, uh, I've sensed that you toned them down a couple times. Oops, there I went. I, that's the reason why I started this podcast a couple of years ago, so I could you know bring other bartenders, servers, whatever people in the service industry to sit and talk about uh, various bartending stories. So mm-hmm. anyway, so let's get officially started here. So, uh, uh, welcome to Hey Bartender Podcast. And, uh, um, so why don't you tell everybody your name and where you're from? So my name is Ashley and I am uh, in Canada. I live in Alberta. Alberta. You're the first Canadian on my show. This is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Representing. Hell yeah. I'm also the most sarcastic ones. So this is, this is going to be fun. Oh yeah, definitely. (laughs) Well, sarcasm in the service industry, that goes hand in hand. Come on. (laughs) I mean, maybe my cup only says sarcasm is how I give hugs. Oh, well, that's, that's original. I like that. <laughs> so, um, before we get, uh, in, get really started here, uh, I, like I 
told you in the email when I talk, uh, was emailing back and forth with you. Uh, I like my guests to do a drink special. So is there a drink that you have invented or per- just a drink that you particularly like to make? Yeah. So actually, I got all of the items that I need here because um, I'm going to have one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I call it fruit <laughs> salad. So I usually just pick any kind of like berry, cut it up, put it into my my little cup. I've got my flavored vodka, my favorite, raspberry vodka. Ooh. Because it's wonderful. So you take one ounce flavored vodka and then one ounce of peach schnapps. I'm writing this down as you're telling it. All good. After that, uh, I like my sparkling wines as well. So this one is also a peach flavored. Oh, yeah. Ooh. About half of the cup, half space left over is going to be that. And then you top it with any kind of um, juice that you prefer. I like my orange juice. So we've got some raspberry, we've got strawberries, we've got oranges, hence fruit salad. Now, this is something that you've made up yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Some of the bars that I used to work in, they had the option to bring in different types of flavored wine or sparkling wine and different fruits. And I just had so much fun doing it. Mm-hmm. So whenever a client would be like, our customer would be like, Hey, like what, what do you suggest? I'm like, let me just throw a bunch of shit together. <laughs> like this sounds fun. <laughs> I think this is also the first time that, Oh, well actually the closest time I've done an SMA, what do they call it? ASMR, you know, cause you hear the bottle opening and then the cork popping. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, I've both, you know, you, t- you told me to, that you wanted me to make my favorite, and this one is definitely my favorite. Yeah, uh, so, and since this is an audio podcast, people only get to hear it. So, <laughs> um, Well, that's okay, because <laughs> now they know how to make it. Definitely. So uh, how does it taste? You've, you've, I've seen you take two big swigs so far. So, Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It definitely has that, like, it's a summer drink for sure, because mm. it's very fruity and that little bit of bubbles from sparkling wine is it gives it a little twist Mm. but it's not overly sweet which is really important for me i hate things that are just like ridiculously sweet i can't do like uh smirnoff ice Uh, smirnoff ice truthfully makes my teeth hurt right (laughs) it's terrible okay that's cool we uh that was the drink special and as usual i like to uh, remind my listeners if you uh, decide to give the drink a try Email me or contact Ashley. We'll give you her, uh, you'll give information later on in the show of how to contact you. Let, let us know what you think about it uh, and uh, see what your customers think about it. Cool? So, yeah. Uh, so uh, you live in Alberta, Canada, so probably uh, the liquor laws and various different uh, things are a little bit different in Canada than they are here in the United States. But uh, let's uh, start off in the most logical spot uh, in the beginning. When did you start off in the service industry? Oh, I was 18. I literally had just turned 18. I think it was like two months prior to that. So in Canada, here's one big difference between the states (laughs) is uh, in Alberta specifically, we are, our legal drinking age is 18. So. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, I think I, uh, a friend of mine who used to sneak uh, from Port Angeles, Washington, 
across the border. Uh, he used to uh, go to Vancouver, BC all the time just because you could drink at 18 when he was 19 or 19 when you, yeah. when you go to, when he was in college and then he's yeah. just like, Oh, the weekend, let's go across the border. And yeah, yeah. I think it I have heard that <laughs> a lot, uh, especially with the Southern part of Alberta. Well, prior to all the shutdowns and stuff. Yeah. It was constant. I had lots of people come from the States and like, I'm more mid um, middle of, of Alberta. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, it wasn't consistently, except for on in the summertime, I would get a lot of people from the States who would come in and they'd be like, oh man, I'm so excited right now. I get to have a strong beer. And I'm like, I mean, beer is gross, but good for you, bud. <laughs> yeah, you can tell the teenagers, uh, they're uh, they're like, ready to get drunk. What's the first thing that pops in your head? But beer. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, rookie, t- rookie night. <laughs> exactly. Or like, uh, I love to give them mat shots. Mat shots? They're like, oh, I want, the, oh, you, you, you've never had a mat shot. I okay, so know. you know the bar mat? Oh, that that's mean. The- yeah, I know a mat shot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. They come in, and a lot of the time, because they came across the border, they're like, what can you give me for free? Legally, I can't give you anything for free unless it's your birthday, and even then it's comped. Um, and I'm not going to give away free alcohol i don't get free alcohol like that's not fair so <laughs> the only free stuff they get was the match shot i said i will give you and and the funny thing is, is that most of them had because they like had never been in a bar before had no idea what a match shot was and i'm like <laughs> oh buddy let me show you <laughs> uh, i never served a match shot myself but i knew other bartenders that did but they would go as far as to even charge the person for it uh, you know, like charge them five bucks or, you know, six bucks or something like that. And yeah. <laughs> so rude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but the match shot, yeah. Uh, I, you know, when somebody first told me about it, when I was, you know, my first days as a bartender, I, uh, I decided to uh, clean out the mat that I was using and realizing that there's uh cola, water, creamer, uh, and various liquors, all in one thing. There is nothing good about that. <laughs> no, no, there's not. There's nothing tasty about. It. But it will be the last time that they ask me for a free shot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's best they learn that early. Yeah, I get that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I believe in harsh lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those those are mean. It's. Uh, I think that's a step above. Uh, uh, cement mixers, giving people those. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I just immediately, my mouth started like the not good water. <laughs> like, oh. I, I, you know, it's crazy that there are people that actually enjoy it. But as soon as somebody starts like bringing out the cement mixers or like the Irish car bombs, or I'm like, okay, so you, you we're going to have the police here tonight. That's what's happening. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Glad I know. Glad I can mentally prepare for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, where, uh, so you started bartending at 18 then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I started off, um, I started off as a shooter girl. So I was the girl walking around with all the, 
tray of shots being like, hey, shot for $5? Oh, okay. Yeah. $5. Uh, and then I did beer tub for a little while. The whole reason why I ended up becoming a bartender was there was a girl who came into the bar that I didn't like, and I was ready to throw hands. And I was like, I was a little 18-year-old, so I was like, boss, man, I'm going to mess this girl up. I either go home or we got to figure out how to deal with this. He's like, get behind the bar. You can't go anywhere if you're back there. <laughs> That's fair. Logic. And that's where it all began. <laughs> and that's where it all began. All you had to do was pick a fight with one of your servers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I just loved it. Honestly, I, I had so much fun. Uh, you know, there's always the, the bureaucracy, the stupidness, and the idiots that come in. Of but course. the socializing and learning about new people, and it was just, it was a blast. I yeah. loved it. Yeah, that uh, that's you know the the reason why I started bartending is because I was uh, I'm always been socially awkward and I thought being a bartender would be a great way to try to build up uh, me being you know more social with people. Um, turns out it didn't work, and you know years later, all of a sudden, I'm doing a podcast where I'm trying to do the same thing. So because yeah, <laughs> uh, up until a couple of days ago, I never met you. You never met me. Well, actually when it comes to meeting each other uh, up until a couple minutes ago, I've never met you. You never met me, but this is a new thing for me to uh, be, you know, just all of a sudden start talking to somebody I absolutely don't know. And, but bartending, uh, it was uh, an exercise in uh, trying to figure out how to talk to people because, well, the biggest example I can think of is I don't know sports. I don't know anything about it. You, you act like you agree. Yep. I, nope, nothing. <laughs> I, I would probably mix up the, the terminology for like, okay. I know everyone's like, Oh my God, you're Canadian. You must love hockey. I fucking hate hockey. I hate it. It's cold. <laughs> I don't like being cold. Like just cause I live somewhere that's cold all the fucking time. Doesn't mean I enjoy sitting in a place that makes you be colder. <laughs> it's stupid. I have a home for that. Like mm. I'll stay warm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm sure that if I were to talk to any of my friends who are sports people and they're like, oh, goals and, and lines on the, uh, that's cool. I have no idea. Yeah. Just talk to me about, you know, anything else and I'll know more. Yeah. Smile and nod until the conversation's over. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, but yeah, it, well, a lot of people found out a little bit later because they would ask other bartenders who I was good friends with around town, you know, what's with the bartender over there? Because he doesn't say much. And they're like, just talk about the Beatles and he won't shut up. And <laughs> well, That's right. What's, just got to find your niche. Well, what's your go-to conversation? What, what can anybody and everybody talk to you about? Animals. Really? Animals. Fucking love them. Uh, so, I've, got, I've got five, so... So you you go as far as having like Animal Planet or something like that on the TVs when you're behind the bar? Well, I would love to if I was allowed to. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that most of the places that I worked in were sports bars. Yeah. So they always had the sports on. No, I did music. I love music. Of course. Love yeah. it. Um, and like I have such an eclectic variety of music that I listen to because my mom was one of those people that like really instilled in me how important it was to like enjoy what you were listening to and to try everything except for country. I got that. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, actually I've, I've got a couple of friends of mine who are really into those 
uh, 80s and before, like really older music, just they're, they love it. Mm -hmm. And I love it. They started really getting meatloaf, fucking love meatloaf. So many kids don't know what meat, who meatloaf is. They're like, meatloaf, I eat that for dinner. Fuck yeah. off with that shit. <laughs> Ugh, you have no idea. Yeah, well, um, if, uh, yeah. if you've ever worked in a karaoke bar, they know meatloaf because uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Love that song. <laughs> <laughs> I also, that is one of my karaoke songs. Oh, I'm just saying. Okay. Well, <laughs> point, point being there. <laughs> Uh, I will do the whole thing myself. The whole seven-minute song, both sides, no problem. Really? You do both? Uh... The only part that I have have struggle in is at the very, very end. So usually I have a friend who sings with me, and they'll sing the boy part because I have a higher pitch voice, and that's fine. So they sing it, but as I have the microphone out here, I'm still singing it. I don't <laughs> stop. <laughs> I usually lose my voice by the end of the song. Now, uh, so do you uh, do you sing that uh, on your nights off when you're going out with your friends and stuff like that? Yeah, so I've actually been out of the bartending industry for a couple of years now. Uh, I now work with the homeless, but I bartended for a little over seven years. Mm -hmm. Same here. It's such a huge part of my life, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I haven't been a bartender for quite a few years. I only bartended for uh, about seven years, and... Once again, this that's how the podcast came around because I knew I wanted to start start a podcast. But I, mm -hmm. I was sitting there going, well, everybody talks about the Beatles. Everybody talks about Metallica. Everybody talks about Star Wars. You know, uh, yeah. it, all the, I was going through the big list of things I was interested in. And uh, then all of a sudden, one day, I was realized that at my job right now, I say a lot, well, back when I was a bartender. And uh, then all of a sudden, one day, it was just like bartending stories. You know, it, so you know it, it all of a sudden became yeah and it seems like that's what your uh your tiktok account is a lot like because you sit there and tell your bartending stories now that i know that you're you've actually moved on to other things but you still love to talk about it i do yeah and yeah honestly it's funny i i never anticipated anybody to like my bartending stories i never thought anybody would even like look at my story or watch my videos i was just like oh look at me being cool making videos i'm so so <laughs> awesome and then all of a sudden i wake up one day and uh one of my bartender stories where i got punched in the face mm. that was funny uh <laughs> all of a sudden it had like 120,000 views and like 50,000 likes and i'm like what is happening with my life people just like it when other people get punched in the face i get that Okay. I respect. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, there. But it's just kind of snowballed. Yeah. It. it uh, some when it's not happening to you, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Or in hindsight too. I mean, honestly, when she punched me in the face, it was still funny. Mm. Like afterwards, she left, and I was like, "Oh, okay." So that <laughs> happened. <laughs> so, um, you haven't been a bartender for a long time, but I'm sure there's a moment that sticks. Uh, a one of the, your great bartender moments. You might've already talked about it on your TikTok. I haven't gone through all of your videos, but, uh, uh, like a great moment, uh, where just, it was, you know, you, you, big smile on your face for like the next two days or a really groovy customer. Can you share something like that with us? Yeah, I can absolutely. So there's this, uh, I did actually share it on my TikTok, but I love this story. So I'll a hundred percent tell it again. Well, thank you. Um, when I was working at the gentleman's club, um, AKA the peelers here, that's what, I don't know what you guys call them, but we call them the peelers. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so 
I was working the one day and there's this guy, this older guy, probably in his seventies. And he didn't really talk to anybody. He never bought a dance. He always just sat at his table, had like a couple of beers and then left. And all the girls thought he was creepy. And I'm like, no dude, like I understand social awkwardness. I want to be his friend. So the next time he came in, I traded tables and uh, made sure that he was in my section. The girl was like, absolutely. I don't want that creepy old man, whatever. (laughs) So I sit down and I'm like, Hey, like, how's it going? Can I sit here? Can you talk to me? I want to be your pal. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Honestly, that would be Marley karma. Sorry. My dogs are starting to fight. Uh. Um, uh he was like absolutely i would love that and i was like so what 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 do you do for work oh you're retired that's fantastic he was a a general or a warehouse manager for many many years and then he was like yeah like about six months ago my wife passed away and then about a month after that our dog passed away because they were bonded and all my kids live on the other side of the country and i don't really have any friends because they've all passed away too so I came here trying to make friends because I feel like people are more honest here. And I was like, good, sir. Like, you're literally telling me that a a strip club, there's more honesty. He's like, yeah, I know everybody just wants your money. Nobody's pretending Mm -hmm. that they want anything beyond that. Yeah. So if I go to a local pub, that's what they're going to do. It broke my fucking heart. Oh, oh God. Okay. So clearly we're going to be friends now. And he came in every every other day, I would say two, three, sometimes four times a week for a few months. Um, he would always sit in my section. I would go and ha- he wasn't, it wasn't even like he was a big tipper. He did not tip much. I didn't care. He was just such a cool dude. <laughs> and um, yeah, a couple of months after that, he came in and he was looking really sad. And I was like, bud, like what's going on? Who pissed in your cornflakes? He's like, I'm kind of sad. My daughter came up from out east and she wants me to go and live with them. I'm like, dude, that's fucking awesome. Like, you're going to go and connect with your family. This is me. You're not going to be alone anymore. He's like, yeah, but like, you're my only friend. And I just didn't want to leave without telling you goodbye. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, my fucking heart. <laughs> so I told him that we'd always be friends and that, you know, we. I just hope he's doing great. I haven't talked to him since. We uh, didn't exchange the curse. It was just one of those like beautiful little friendships that's like, I love you forever. And if I see you again, awesome. If not, live your best life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, a, that's a shame. Uh, well, that's a that's a great story at the same time. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's it's very conflicting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that's uh, that's really cool. You're able to, uh, you know, grab onto somebody and then make them your friend. Uh, I've get, I've worked with a lot of bartenders in the past that were, you know, people would uh, be like, I don't know about that person, and all of a sudden they're like, I'm going to make it my mission to be their friend. Are you, are you one of those type of people that d- does that 100%. often? Really, hundred percent. I my mom told me stories from her childhood where she was bullied all the time. So if I see somebody that is just that like awkward person that doesn't really have any friends and doesn't understand social cues, I'm going to be their friend. I'm going to be their best friend. They're going to fucking love me because you know what? They're the ones that need it. Mm, definitely. <laughs> uh, that's an awesome story. <laughs> so you were a bartender for uh, seven years. 
And hey, the, that's what the nose that was pick, uh, poking up. What's that dog's name? This one's Marley. Hey, um, cute she's dog. Nine. Old, old baby. But she's my suck. She's basically my leech. Ah, <laughs> just hanging on you all at all times? All the time. Okay, you're fine. Lay down then. <laughs> she just doesn't know what to do with her life. That's cool. Yeah. But uh, you were a bartender for seven years, so did you move around various different bars? How, how many places did you work? Oh, I worked at a total of six. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually averaged out a bit, about a year at each place. Um, I'm a very domineering personality. I'm aware of it. I I'm actually a- kind of took that from your TikTok. <laughs> And I'm okay with it. I'm happy to be a domineering personality, but as such, I will always demand what is de- what I deserve. So if I've been there a year and you have an opportunity for growth and you don't even consider me, I'm out because oh, yeah. you don't value me. Right. Uh, I've had that attitude about various jobs. Well, not so much when I was bartending. I kind of knew my place when I was bartending because I didn't want to go to a manager because I didn't think managers made as much as the bartender's because since they're salaried, but uh, I've had various jobs since being a bartender where I'm like, okay, I'm stagnant. You know, what are we going to do to, so I don't feel stagnant anymore. And what? Nothing. Okay. I'm out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. If you're not happy in what you're doing, then there's no point in doing it. Mm -hmm. Cause I mean, I don't want to be the person that wakes up in the morning hating to go to work. Mm -hmm. No, That's not how I want to live my life. Right. Nothing. But uh, have you ever run into a conflict at work where, uh, uh, while you were a bartender, not your uh, most recent job, where you were like, ugh, got to deal with that again? Um, honestly, it's usually with regulars or I've had, there was this, yeah, actually, um, my most shitty trainee, she was awful. And the fact that I had to deal with her. Now you've uh, just recently started talking about that on TikTok, I think. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) I, she was so bad for a girl that has fuck y'all tattooed on her knuckles. You'd think she'd had a backbone, but no, no, she was spineless and she was a thief and she was disrespectful. And I, I genuinely don't usually wish bad things on people, but I wish her, her karma. Ah, that's yeah. That yeah. karma is not necessarily wishing bad, but not wishing good. So it's exactly what you deserve. So, <laughs> so she actually had to fuck y'all tattooed on yes. her knuckles. Literally uh, fuck y'all. And, Okay. Yeah. She's so classy. Uh, it wasn't jailhouse tattoos that she actually had no, that done. Like it. Oh my God. She was telling me about how she got it done. Um, in her friends. I mean, we've all got one of those tattoos. If you're a tattoo, I have one that was tattooed in my friend's kitchen as well. I get that. But like mine's on the back of my neck. I can hide it. And I only got one. Mm. She had, she was covered in shitty friends practicing tattooing on you uh you you boo boo but she wasn't even 20 at that time she was she was a baby and i'm like you have the world's most shitty tattoos and you have to live with that for the rest of your fucking life and right. there's a lot of that left ah. <laughs> yeah when you do do the uh your friends practicing tattoos like uh i don't i'm not a tattoo guy i uh can't think of anything that i could put on my body that i wouldn't get sick of eventually 
That's but, uh, you know, cause I've had the idea, you know, put tattoo the Beatles on here somewhere, or Metallica or put, you know, Star Trek, uh, you know, really yeah. goofy ideas. But then I sit back and think, God, I would get really sick of that after a little while. And so I can't think of anything, but, uh, but yeah, I've overheard stories tons of times where people get like, uh, well, tattoos on their knuckles, for example, where, you know, their friend uses a guitar string and they end up getting like hepatitis or something like that. It's really dangerous to do that. (laughs) It's so dangerous, but people, especially, I mean, I can't really say anything. Most of the piercings that I have, I, well, not anymore, but most of them when I was younger, I had done myself with a leather needle and like some true grit, but that's different than a tattoo, you know? Young people are crazy. Yeah. I used to be that crazy person. I'm still a little crazy. Well, we all are in our own various ways. That's what makes life fun. You know? Exactly. I couldn't imagine being normal. What's normal, really? Boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. A leaf fell, so she's, oh my God. Oh, one of those dogs. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just snap at her and she's fine. Snap, yeah. snap. Mm. Not like at bartending. (laughs) (laughs) That was one thing that drove me fucking crazy. Like, if somebody comes up to the bar, and like, this is for any of the listeners, you you come up to the bar and you want to tap, 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 hey, hey. Yeah. (gasps) (laughs) That is a surefire way for me to fucking lose my shit on you. I'm not a dog. Don't Mm -hmm. snap at me. And if you're at the bar, I will get to you at your turn, because I pay attention. Mm-hmm. You can wait. The if yeah, the whistling, the snapping, uh, the guy with the ring on his finger uh, hitting his pounder glass, uh, or the guy that wants wants another beer and rattles yep. it on the table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how often does that set you off? Uh, every time. Every hundred <laughs> percent. Every time that is a surefire way on. I'm usually, I'm usually respectful. The first time I'll give you the death stare. Mm -hmm. Like I'll stare at you until you stop and go, okay, I'll be with you in a minute Mm -hmm. and then go off and deal with literally everybody else. And then come back and be like, okay, so Marley enough. Uh, and come back and explain. So why do you think that that was inappropriate? Why do you think that wasn't okay? Mm -hmm. Cause I have no problem confronting people. You want to be a dick? Come at me. Mm. Oh, I've thrown thrown people out. One person decided they thought it was a good idea to get my attention by throwing a coaster at me, and they uh, because they were completely out of my line of sight, and they decided, well, I'm not going to him, so throw throw the coaster. Yeah, they left quickly. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I yeah, you know, I've had people throw things at. It's usually glass, though. I don't know why people get. So, and it's usually when you cut them off. Oh, fuck you, bitch! You can't cut me off. Her my cup at you. Yeah. I'm sober, so I'm a lot more fast. Though. Well, yeah. You know, what, <laughs> so now that you brought that up, what's your favorite cutoff story? Ooh. Oh. Okay. So this one is actually, it's it's a, a dual VLT, the video lottery machine, <laughs> and then um, drinking. <laughs> so I had this one customer. He, he was a regular. He'd come in all the fucking time. But he had a tendency to on payday spend way too much on the VLTs thinking he's going to win big. He never fucking won big. Uh You never win big. You are a lucky son of a bitch if you win a third of the time. Right. So 
he's sitting there and I'm bringing him his beer. He's, he's getting pretty drunk. And so I'm like, Hey, like, can I bring you a glass of water? Like, I just want to switch it up. Just this one, have this whole big glass of water. And then I will bring you another beer. And he agrees at first. So he goes. And then as I come back, I'm, I leave, do my round, come back with a beer for him. And I see him. He's like, Oh, it's empty. But I look on the ground and he just dumped the fucking water on the ground. He thinks I'm blind. I'm not going to see a giant puddle underneath. Yeah. Him. Like, at least try and hide it somewhere. Be a little more creative. You didn't want to get off the stool. So I was like, so you didn't drink the water. So at this point, I'm not going to serve you anymore tonight. I think you've had enough. Like, I'm sorry, but that's how it's going to be. He goes, oh, well, fuck you too, Ashley. Go fuck yourself. I'm like, I do it best. So then I walk away. (laughs) And so a couple minutes later, I hear him yelling. So I come back and I'm like, bud, like what's going on? He's like, I can't get any more fucking beer in this place. And this fucking machine just took all my money. I'm like, this is literally what happened last week, buddy. This happens every week. When are you going to learn? You're not a lucky person. You need to stop playing the VLTs. I'm now cutting you off of the VLTs. You can't do that. And then he punched the VLT. Uh-huh. Thankfully he didn't break anything except for his knuckle. He broke, <laughs> he broke his knuckle. He's like, and then he's like, fuck, now I gotta go to the fucking hospital. Call me an ambulance. I'm just, okay, I'll call you an ambulance. I get some ice. I wrap his hand. He's like, you're such a dick, but thank you for wrapping my hand. <laughs> I'm like, no problem, buddy. All good. And then he gets into, so as he's going out into the ambulance, he's like, oh, I'm never coming back. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow. Sure shit. Guess who was there the next day? <laughs> hey, Ashley, I'm really sorry. That's okay, buddy. How's your hand? I'm really high on my meds right now. <laughs> that makes sense. You're also not going to get any beer. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to get a little, little bit more punishment than just a hand that hurts. <laughs> right? Yeah, but he didn't hit me. So, I mean. That's, that's a plus. Cool. <laughs> that is a plus. Too many, I am honestly more afraid of women in the bar than I am men. 100%. Really? Men are um, way less likely to hit me, even if I get in their face. Well, I... Way less. They're more like, you're a small asshole. I am, but you're still getting out. (laughs) Now, I... don't care. I've maintained many times that uh, women... Female bartenders are able to break up a fight way faster than a male bartender because, like, if I were to jump out in the middle of a fight, I'm no longer the bartender. I'm a contender. And yeah. uh, But if my good friend Shannon were to go out and she were to break up the fight, they would stop immediately. And, yep. you know, one guy would be still ready to fight, you know, just wait till they get out into the parking lot, and the other guy would get this face like going, I just fucked up. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, been a strong contender that women can break up fights, but I've never seen in any of the bars that I've worked at where women got into a fight, just a shouting match. But, oh, cat fights are so much fun. No, I went, I went to a Catholic high school that, uh, where the females outnumbered the males by, uh, I think it was like 12 to one. And, you know, some people would probably think, wow, that 12 girls to one guy, that must've been awesome. No, it, it sucked. <laughs> no, women are catty. Women are gossipy assholes, and especially teenage girls. Like, ugh. Uh, I had one one girl in high school actually say in front of the whole, well, they were making a stupid decision about making uh, only allowing people that went to our specific school to go to 
semi-formal or prom or one of those things. And one of the girls said, but all the guys here are geeks. And I said, that's hurtful, but she's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, fair. Call a spade a spade, but fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I saw plenty uh, plenty of cat fights uh, when I was going to high school. But in, in the bar situation, I saw instances where a girl would instigate it and then send her boyfriend in. And, yeah. Uh, that was hated that. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> I hate that. Like why, why do these girls, uh, if you want to pick a fight with somebody, pick a fight with somebody. I was at the bar, uh, prior to our most recent bullshit shutdown. Um, I was at the bar with one of, with my boyfriend and actually we were sitting there. One of my good friends is still a bartender and a waitress and she was serving us. So she was coming out to bring us our drinks and, and, um, and she had a really, really, I want to say, how did you say it? No, it's, they were fucking demanding. They were assholes. Mm-hmm. They're like, give me this. I want this. As I, as it's coming out of my mouth, it needs to be in front of me. Like, fuck your hat. But <laughs> so she's, she's very focused on this table. They're very prissy and needing everything. That's fair. I don't care. I'm good. Like, I love you. Do you boo boo. They go out for a smoke. I'm sitting at the table. My boyfriend comes back and he's just like, I think I'm going to get beat up. And I'm, I'm, I've had a couple of drinks. I'm already a scrappy person, but I'm like, well, why? So my girl goes out while he's smoking and, and confronts these guys at this other table. And it's like, excuse me, but like, was there something wrong with the service? Were you unhappy? Like, is there something I did wrong? And he was, they were like, no, why? And she's like, well, it was a $500 bill and you left me $10. Uh-huh. What? $10 tip on a $500. Fucking dollars on, that doesn't even cover her tip out. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, that's disgusting. So, and my boyfriend, being the amazing human that he is, confronted them and was like, well, you guys know that. Because as soon as she goes back in after calling him out for their shitty tip, they're like, oh, she's just a fucking money-hungry bitch. And he's like, no, you, you guys know that that was a shitty fucking tip. And then he comes in, and that's when he sees me. So he tells me the story. Now I'm lit. Now I'm ready. I'm ready to flip some fucking tables. And I've had a few drinks, so, like, that's always a scary thing. So then this guy comes up, starts walking towards my boyfriend. My boyfriend is 6'3", okay? Mm-hmm. He's a big dude. I am 5'4". I'm yeah. not a big girl. But this dude was probably looking eye to eye to my boyfriend, and he's like, you know, my girlfriend paid for that tab. And my boyfriend's like... That's the first problem, and I step in between. You want to fucking go? Like, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> so then, as I'm cashing out, our our tab was, I think, like $75, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so I tipped her $75. 100%, I, 100% tip. Nice. 100% tip, because you know what? She shouldn't have to fucking pay to work. Mm-hmm. So I tipped her. She starts crying, and then she goes... And doing her own thing and on my way out just to emasculate that guy just a little bit more. I said, don't worry, baby. I covered your tip. (laughs) And left. (laughs) Just to give Ashley a little bit of a break from that very intense story. um, I just want to remind you about www.heybartenderpodcast.com. It's my website. It's the website for this podcast. And it's it's kind of cool. I kind of like it. Developed it myself. Yeah, kind of proud of it. You can go there, check out uh, 
the Hey Bartender podcast uh, episodes, new and past episodes, and you can check out some of the Hey Bartender podcast merch. I got t-shirts, I got uh, stickers, you know, just usual stuff like that. So go check it out. Next up, we got our musical guest for this episode. From their album, Coming In Hot, this is Divide the Day with their song, Faded. Y'all ready? That's what we do. 
Me and my crew. Coming from California, that was Divide the Day with their single, Faded. If you want to find out more about Divide the Day, head on over to bandcamp.com, search them out. Uh, they got a bunch of music out there ready for you to listen to and enjoy. Uh, I go to Bandcamp all, t- all the time to uh, look for all these independent artists to bring on the show. This isn't an advertisement. I It's actually a really great place to go to find music to uh, and help promote the independent music industry because... You know, that's what I'm all about because there's a lot of music out there that doesn't get any uh, promotion just because, one, they can't afford it or some uh, certain radio stations only play certain artists at certain times or, you know, all day long, really. So, you know, I'm all about the independent artists. So if you want to be a part of Hey Bartender Podcast, and you have a song that you'd like to be put out there, all you have to do is email me, dude at com. Now, let's get back and finish up the interview with Ashley. So uh, tipping tipping is uh, as important in Canada as it is here in the United States. Because mm-hmm. I've talked to, I had an interview with a guy from uh, in, uh, England, and yeah. tipping isn't... Uh, uh, tipping isn't done there at all. Nope, uh, because they pay a livable wage. Right, exactly. And uh, But here in the United States, and I guess where you are in Canada, uh, where tipping has become part, uh, it's not just a, uh, well, back when tipping first started, it was just to ensure prompt service. That's the literal dictionary uh, it was a gratuity. Yeah. It was gratitude for for good service, right. and now it is supplement for people's income. Yeah, we kind of need it, <laughs> and we do. and yeah, so it it is the same thing up there. Uh, oh, okay, that's that's good to know. I've I've actually received emails and uh, mostly people from Europe that say that they have uh, livable wages, they have medical benefits, they have uh, things like that. And I'm just like, we don't have that here. <laughs> we need to take some pages out of those books. Yeah. Just, and you know what? I'm, I, everyone's like, oh, well, would you be fine paying $10 a drink and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? The fact that we have to pay somebody's living wage when they're already working, we already have to supplement their income. And it's not even just a, it's not a gratuity anymore. It's a, it's a, it's a need. If somebody doesn't tip, that person can't pay their bills. That person can't buy their fucking groceries. And and then on top of it, there's the tip out. I don't know if you guys have that in the States. In certain um, restaurants, but please explain it. In every restaurant, every place in Canada, you have a percentage of your sales goes to a tip out for the rest. So, for example, for your your cooks in the back who already give it, get a livable wage, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, for your bus boys. OK, so their minimum wage. Yeah. OK. You want to give them a little bit of that, that I get um, in some places. Management. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You, you pay management to fucking work. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's so wrong, but so usually it's about anywhere between five and 10% of your sales, not of your, your tips. So if somebody doesn't tip, let's say you have a hundred dollar bill, 10% of that hundred dollar bill, you're going to be tipping out. So if you don't get a tip that comes out of your pocket. Yeah. 
It's bullshit. That sucks. Yeah, really bad. Yeah, it's uh, not okay. Um, 10% of your sales, that, that can be harsh. I mean, uh, you do... I don't know, say five hundred dollars in sales that night, but you won't uh, an average tip of that twenty percent, uh, that hundred dollars. But that's assuming that everybody tipped you twenty percent. Some people tip ten or fifteen or less. Yep, that can really end up hurting by the end of the night. Do you it ever? Does. Do you ever go in the negative? Yep. Oh wow. Yep, I have on several occasions. Um, literally doing my tip out, doing my cash out. I, I, I give the money for all of the food that came out. That's fine. All of the blah, blah, blah. And I end up having to go into my bank account to pay at the end of the night. Oh, that's gotta be a horrible night then. Yeah. Uh, where you go, you go home and you're just, uh, now that's, yeah, that gives you the right to say this. It's been a bad day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you literally have to pay to go to work yeah it's a shitty fucking day <laughs> i mean there's been uh there's been nights and i can think of where uh one guy uh tried to pick a fight with another guy in the bar and he, uh then he uh basically bitch slapped me and then tried to get me to punch him back i didn't but uh that would be a bad night but i also uh made like 35 percent versus my sales and tips so I, I wasn't, I was, you know, yeah, I got hit, but look how much money I got. Uh, I'm happy. you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, you, you get, you get more good nights than you do those nights. Mm. Um, so I will say that there are definitely better nights than, um, and for a long time, the minimum wage in Canada, I mean, it only changed after I stopped being a bartender, but the minimum wage in Canada was different than the minimum wage for servers. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a huge gap. And that's fucking ridiculous. That's so stupid. Like, I can tip my Starbucks barista. That's fine. It's not going to affect her livable income. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Well, so, um, here, all the jobs that I ever worked, though, the there was a uh, wage difference between servers and bartenders. But the bartenders got paid a couple extra bucks because te- uh, typically when I showed up for the night shift the manager would say, okay, I'm out of here. And then all of a sudden I'm in charge, have to make all the hard decisions and all that stuff. So they gave the bartenders a couple extra bucks just because we're technically the manager at that point. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, was that kind of the same thing or bartenders got paid less than server wages? Same, same across. Everybody got the same. Everybody got the server minimum wage, which when I started serving was $8.10. And the minimum wage for uh, everybody else was $9.25. And then the minimum wage got bumped up to $10.11. Woohoo! Stayed the same for us. Yeah. Didn't Uh, change. That's fine. But it's not the same thing all over the United States because uh, I've had, I've talked to other bartenders that like work in uh, like say New York and they uh, either get paid $2 an hour, which is uh, at current the federal minimum wage, or they don't get paid hourly at all. They work strictly for their tips. Oh, my heart goes out to those ones. Yeah. It really does. Because that, and especially with, you know, the recessions and people struggling already to make their bills, they're less likely to tip you. And realistically, we should not be forcing the general public to pay our livable wage. It should be coming from our employers. Mm -hmm. That's why they're our employers. So 
to whatever states are doing that to their servers, they should be fucking ashamed of themselves because that's disgusting. Yeah. That's uh, terrible. Our current president right now is talking about that he wants to raise the federal minimum wage quite a bit. But uh, I can see advantages and disadvantages to that just because, it, sure, he's going to raise the minimum wage, but that'll also raise the cost of living. And yeah. it, it's going to, there's going to be a weird teeter totter thing going. Yeah. So we actually had that happen here in Alberta not long ago. Well, I guess in like four years ago, something like that. Um, where they raised the minimum wage for everybody across the board to 15 bucks an hour because they're like, that's a livable wage. And yeah, the the biggest thing is everyone's like, oh, well, the cost of of living is going to go up. It did a little bit, but not to the extreme that you think. Like I was totally expecting, oh my God, I'm going to have to pay $8 a jug of milk. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. It went from $3 to $4. Okay. Okay. that. Because uh, I was thinking exactly what you just said uh, when our president announced that. I was like, you know, pay uh, $12 for a jar of peanut butter. And I'm, and I'm like, I love peanut butter. Don't do that to me. You know? Well, me too. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, it's, it doesn't, it's not as bad as, at least here, I can't speak for the States, but here it was not nearly as bad as everybody thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And now people can actually afford to, they don't have to make the, the hard decision. Do I pay my bills or do I buy food? Right. Uh, so I'll pay a little extra. That's fine. If everybody can survive, I'm, I'm cool with that. Mm. So um, you mentioned, uh, you, uh, you mentioned the pandemic. Uh, what was the uh, pandemic like in Canada? I mean, what did they shut down everything up, up there just like they did down here or? We're still shut down. You're we're still shut down. Another, we're going into another shutdown. So, um, so the way that it's been, it's been back and forth. It's like the problem is, is we keep taking half measures. So if we actually did like a four week lockdown where like bare minimum essential only went to work and everybody else just stayed home for four weeks, we'd be fine. But no, now we've got anti-mask rallies. We've got churches with like 200 people because God's going to save us. Now I'm starting to wish my podcast was video because you're so animated. <laughs> <laughs> I think people would enjoy watching you, but unfortunately I, I'm, it's only audio. But please go on. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> It's just, I mean, they can watch my TikToks and I'm exactly the same way. Yeah, very true, very true. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been, it's been fucking hell, honestly. And the worst part for me was when they shut down the dog parks. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was my, I'm already an antisocial person. I have a very high stress job now. I thought I was stressful doing bartending. No, 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 no. That is a drop in the bucket uh, <laughs> comparing to, to dealing with people experiencing homelessness. Um, so when they shut down the dog park, my one outlet, I, I felt like I was losing everything. Mm. I, my mental health went down. Mental health is going down in Canada. There's high suicides, high domestic violence. There's, it's just, it's insanity. And we, again, now we're just, what was it? uh, May 9th, we went into another shutdown where all businesses that are non-essential. So uh, bars, restaurants, uh, we don't have movie theaters. We don't have, we haven't had movie theaters in probably a year. Mm. Um, It's all 
it's all gone away for however many weeks that they decide. I've had my tattoo appointment canceled and rescheduled like six times, and I'm really <laughs> pissed off about it. Yeah, um, yeah, I miss going. Well, kind of, only kind of uh, miss going to the movie theater because I'm I like uh, I like watching movies, but uh, I've been mentioning on my podcast uh, as of recently that uh, I'm I keep wondering. Because I I don't I don't really have any scientific method in order to figure this out, but these people that go to the restaurant every night go go to the bar every night, uh, you know, uh, I've I've kind of taken over a hashtag on Instagram and Facebook, uh, hashtag this is a real job because bartenders servers we always get that question, why don't you get a real job? Get a real job? <laughs> Fuck your hat! Yeah. Like, <laughs> my dick yeah i hate that so much like oh you think that okay so i got a story for you okay (laughs) there was a guy who came into the bar and i was working a day shift which was very irregular for me but i was covering for somebody else because i i was a fast server so you want me on the nights right um so i'm doing my day shift and i'm wearing runners and this guy there's like five or six people in the bar he's like hey why don't you wear heels to work? And I'm like, um, because they hurt my fucking feet. Like, that's a stupid question. And he's like, oh, well, you know, if you wore heels to work, you'd probably make a lot more money. It's a lot more attractive. Uh Okay. Uh, yeah, actually I'm pretty sure my tips would be affected in a negative way because I wouldn't be walking as fast. My feet would hurt. I'd be uncomfortable. I'd be even more bitchy, which I don't know how that's possible, but I would be. (laughs) (laughs) and he's just like he goes well honey let me tell you about working like a man oh Oh. no no i immediately (laughs) shut him down i was like no like we're gonna stop right there i've worked 12 hours in steel toes boots i've been a scaffolder i have uh, broke my back and busted my feet at work and if you want to sit here and have a dick measuring contest whip it out and mine will still be bigger He didn't like that, so I, yeah. He left very quickly. I wonder why. Uh, you're you have these awesome stories. Did you ever live in fear that uh, you're gonna the next day your manager say I need to talk to you in the office for a second? They they talked to me so many times. It's not even a fear. I expect it. I literally expect it. Like, oh, Ashley, we have to talk. Okay, which one? Which one complained? Because there's multiple that could have been. <laughs> Um, but that's why I liked working in the small pubs, to be honest. Yes. I didn't have working in clubs. You had bouncers, you had the bussers, you had all of these extra people helping, which is great. But when something goes down and you need to handle your shit, if you aren't in good with the bouncers, they're not going to back you. Right. If you're not in good with the management, they're not going to back you. Whereas like, Working in a small pub where you're you are the waitress, you're the bartender, you're the bouncer, you're the busser, you're everything. Mm. I prefer it. I really did. Because if somebody crosses me, get the fuck out of my bar. You think I'm gonna serve you? Like, what are you thinking? Yeah. I'll throw ice at you. I'll spray you down with water. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I have literally thrown, sat there and thrown ice at a person, just like throwing it at them not rude not not like aggressively just like trying to get it down their shirt to annoy them <laughs> i'm not gonna, i'm not serving you so i gotta find some sort of entertainment you're here yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've never gone that far i've threatened to spray people with the water gun but i've never okay. 
Well, I did spray it out uh, in when the bar was packed one night. I just decided to do a couple quick squirts, and one guy threatened to sue me because his shirt got... I got wet. Yeah. What do I do? I'm sugar. I'm melting. No, yeah. you're salt, because fuck you. Yeah, it, uh, he he said I should make you play for the pay for the dry cleaning for this shirt and I uh, and I said what's wrong with your shirt and he said it got wet and I, by this by the time he's done yelling at me I'm like where and he's trying to look for something somewhere on his shirt and yeah good luck <laughs> yeah I mean it's right proof you gotta have proof right yeah I I mean you're drunk I'm sober what's up mm-hmm. yeah and you know truthfully spraying out into the crowded room that was probably the wrong thing to do but uh I was bored. <laughs> yeah what else are you gonna do <laughs> i've done it several times i have legit sprayed somebody in the face with pepsi though i've they only it. i've only threatened to do that because the guy said something uh extremely inappropriate about uh, a friend of mine and i was i was about to say one more thing just come on say it <laughs> and, but you know eventually i said no i gotta go cool down i'm gonna be out back smoking all right <laughs> No, I I probably should have just threatened, but he was being super, super racist to one of my other customers who's Uh indigenous. And I meant to hit the water button, but he got it with a Pepsi. And I didn't feel bad. So I sprayed him, and he's just like, what the fuck? And I was like, you're going to act like a dog. I'm going to treat you like a dog. Keep going. Mm -hmm. I'll spray again. I got two. I got, you want double? Let's do this. Like, I don't care. (laughs) So, I'm not gonna tip you. Uh, I'm not getting your five fucking dollars. Oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> yeah, that guy, Karma, hit him. I like to think it probably wasn't Karma, but uh, I like to think Karma hit him because he was a plumber during the day, and uh, uh, I guess he was unclogging something, and then all the waste smacked him right in the face, and so there were jokes for days about that, and you know, like my friend Barb, she was like would walk up to him looking him right in the eye so you got shit faced this morning or you know <laughs> or you know just every plumber joke that you can think of but <laughs> but oh, i was man. just like yeah that's he funny. deserved that <laughs> that's too funny <laughs> i love it i love karma that's why i have a dog named karma like karma's uh you're you get what you deserve mm-hmm. so what you put out is what you get back that's why even though i'm a salty asshole I am also going to stand up for people. Right. Like, if you want to be a dick, be a dick. That's fine. But if you're a dick in front of me, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you regret it. But that's all. but when you have uh, when you probably have moments like I do where I realize that I'm uh, being a jerk to somebody, and then all of a sudden something bad happens to me, and then I just kind of step back and go, "Yeah, I deserve that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely happens. Honestly, happens more with this job than with the other because typically uh, I would have to say that when people are intoxicated, ninety six percent of the time I am right. Yeah, like, right. I am right because they are crossing some serious fucking lines. Like, <laughs> uh, like having a bottle pitched at my head, like an empty beer bottle. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So many, I got one in the back of the head the one time. Mm. I've also gotten a, a, a bar stool in the back of the head. Ow. Okay. Oh, buddy was fighting with this other dude, and I just happened. I was just walking past. That was it. I didn't. I didn't even interact with them. And all of a sudden, I get smashed with a fucking bar stool. <laughs> end up ass over tea kettle on the ground, looking up, dazed and confused, like what the fuck just happened? <laughs> uh, I was in pain. 
what the fuck? <laughs> I've heard too many stories of bartenders, servers that were just holding their tray, walking by, and then all of a sudden, thunk, they get hit uh, by a punch they didn't see coming because it wasn't supposed to be at them. Yeah. But, because if you're not anticipating it, you're paying attention to this. Right. You get tunnel vision when you're walking around the bar. <laughs> You're looking for empty drinks. You're looking for partially empty drinks. You, if Unless you hear a loud commotion, that's when your eyes go that way. But otherwise, yeah, no, you're not anticipating it. You're not ready. Right. And, and, and none of us, uh, not all of us take uh, martial arts or, uh, or, or practice Muay Thai or anything like that. So, or... Agreed. <laughs> Although I will say that I've taken so many self-defense courses over the the years that I was in foster care that um, I feel pretty stuff. I feel pretty strong. Like you, I feel like I could shit. <laughs> I, yeah. I could do something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good for you. The, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, but do you have to be drunk in order to be called a drunken boxer? Uh, anyway, well, the, <laughs> never mind about that. <laughs> or if, I like it. Or if you're drunk and you throw a punch, are you a drunken boxer? <laughs> I feel like if you're if you're drunk and throwing a punch, as long as it lands, <laughs> then you're a drunken boxer. Because otherwise, it's just an idiot flailing. <laughs> so, so uh, why don't you tell me what tell me a little bit about what you're doing nowadays? Uh, you said you oh. haven't been bartending for a while. What are you doing? Yeah, so I I now I run a program that helps to assist people who are experiencing chronic homelessness into housing so that they can gain supports uh, in order to stabilize and become better in society. Oh, okay. So it's uh, you have like classes or you just provide a... Uh... No, it's service more. So basically, um, I'll talk about the, the... I run a team... And that team will take find somebody who's experiencing homelessness, find them housing, so just a regular old apartment, <clears throat> help subsidize their rent, and then we access services. So whether it's mental health, addiction, physical health supports, maybe they just need some socialization, maybe they just need to learn how to clean a fucking toilet. The amount of people that don't know how to clean fucking toilets is stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I will be honest, my my bartending experience probably helped me a lot with my patience <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of the clients that we deal with now struggle with addiction, right? Of course. Struggle yeah. with so, you know, I often say I'm very fluent in drunkenese. I <laughs> <laughs> you could have anybody talking any kind of nonsense and I'm like, okay, oh you you need to go to the bathroom. You should probably do that. <laughs> like, you need toilet paper? Let me go buy you some. <laughs> you know. So what made you start like this that. job? Pardon me? What made you start this job? Um, I've experienced homelessness in my lifetime. So I just, I honestly started off um, after I was still bartending and I went to school for addiction and community service. And because I was a foster kid, I was like, I need to work with foster children. That is my calling. It's not. I don't like kids. So, <laughs> <laughs> Once again, oh, another one of those great animated moments I wish my, wish my listeners could have seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then from there, I actually, so I worked in group homes for uh, just about a year. And then I just started peppering. I had, I experienced a lot of really 
not okay things working in the group homes. And I was like, you know what? I got to get the hell out of here because I can't do this. And I just started splaying my resume out. Like I got an interview at my current place of work and I didn't even know what I had applied for. And yeah. I was like, cool, let me do it. So I get there and they're like, oh, so do you know the job you're applying for? No, I don't. <laughs> Please explain it to me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I started off as follow-up support. So that's that person that goes in for uh, about a year and goes and supports a client and gaining supports that they need in order to be sustainable and independent. And I really fucking loved it. I loved it. It was so good. So, uh, and then they offered me management. And they offered you management. That's cool. Okay. Um, how uh, How is being able to do that job with the pandemic? Uh, you just wearing a mask around your clients or? Yeah. Yeah, we wear a mask and we don't transport people. So you have to use public transit or walk. Um it's definitely more challenging. I think the first six months of the pandemic was the most challenging part because everyone was terrified. And then after that, I think many of us who work in this field are just like, look, if I get it, I get it. It is what it is. I'm more worried about my clients than I am about myself. Mm. You know, like it's a really bad fucking flu for me mm. because I don't have extenuating issues with my immune system. Right. But a lot of our clients do, you right. know, yeah. sleeping rough causes a lot of really fucked up things on your body. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's getting there. We're figuring it out one, one day at a time. Well, that's, uh, that's really awesome that that's going on. Uh, when the pandemic hit, uh, in my hometown, I, I'm originally from Portland, Oregon. I, I live in, uh, Texas right now, but, uh, at, back home in Oregon, they've got homeless people when the pandemic hit. Uh, they got homeless people living all over the place that everybody that could need, uh, that could use help or whatever. And it's, uh, it's changed Portland because I've lived out here in Texas in 10, uh, for 10 years. But, mm -hmm. but when I, last time I went home at the beginning of the pandemic last year, I started looking around downtown Portland and I said, this is not the way I remember. And it's only been a few years. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of heartbreaking to see it. And, but it, it, there are stuff, there is stuff out there for people to get help, obviously, at least in Canada. <laughs> in Canada, there's a lot more, I would say, than in the States. I don't know for sure. I will say that the program that I run right now actually uh, originated from New York, mm. which is amazing. Um, yeah, and it's great. It's awesome for people who are actually looking for help. Um, but for those who aren't looking for help, I mean, there's still resources. There's still things that you can do. Mm. You just have to be willing to reach out and say, Hey, I need help. Mm. And that's okay. If you need help, you need help. Everybody needs help. Of course. Uh, at all times. And, uh, like, uh, probably some of us bartenders, uh, well, there are a lot of bartenders out there that, uh, probably need therapy every once in a while just because, well, would you say... <laughs> Uh, uh, when you were bartending, you're sitting there, you listen to other people's problems and their problems start to pile up on you. Yeah. And you start, uh, in my case, I started thinking they've got problems and I put my problems on the back burner because these people, uh, are actually having problems. But then all of a sudden the back burner is overflowing. And, yeah. uh, have you experienced that? Yeah. So that's called secondary trauma. Yeah. So, uh, I've yeah. heard that term. <laughs> 
hundred percent as a bartender, especially with those people that like came in and you became really good friends with that mm. you genuinely gave a shit about. Cause I mean, you have your customers, you care about your customers, but then you have your people, mm. the ones that you, you like want to see on a day to day. Mine were usually like the senior citizens. I love my old people. They're great. Mm. They're fantastic. I everyone's like, Oh, they don't tip. I don't care. I don't care. They've lived three times my lifetime. I don't give a shit. They don't need to tip me. They just come hang out, teach me how to play crib. I love it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you do. You absolutely take on that secondary trauma because you have your people coming in and telling you all about the issues that they're having. Instead of going to a therapist, your server is now your therapist. Right. They don't always have the best uh, uh, feedback. Usually right. it's like, locks, you want a shot? Yeah. I uh, Well, it's been a long, uh, long, very, very long-term tradition that the bartender is a therapist, uh, yeah. it un, unofficial therapist. So, yeah. Yeah, bar- underpaid. <laughs> yeah, extremely underpaid compared to real therapists. But, um, but, yeah, after being a bartender for quite a while, you kind of forget about yourself every once in a while. And, you, uh, and before, you know, you got to get yourself some help before it's a little bit too late. And I only realized that a couple of years ago. And uh, I started getting a little bit, uh, a little bit of help. And it's good to know that uh, people like you are actually out there helping other people, but you're also taking care of yourself. And that's really awesome. Self-care is so important. And honestly, it doesn't even matter what profession you're in. It's really important to just like at least once a day, do something that brings you joy in any capacity. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be huge. Like for me, it's walking my dogs at the park. Mm -hmm. I fucking love that. Love it. I get to cuddle all the other dogs. My dogs fuck off and annoy other people. And it's great. The puppies love it. Um, so it's, it's, I will always be a huge advocate on self-care because you cannot help other people without helping yourself first. Right. Uh, um, the customers that I used to uh, you know, look forward to seeing uh, every time I worked my shift were the, the rock and rollers. Uh, you know, the people that you know, still their mind is might still be in the late, early seventies, late sixties somewhere. And yeah. we'd sit and talk about the Beatles, the who, well, basically any rock and roll from the sixties to present. And, yeah. but there was one guy, uh, and I'm not just saying this because you're from Canada. I actually did. Uh, he and I were talking uh, about current music and I told, uh, I got him to be a fan of the bare naked ladies. And, Love the bare naked ladies. Oh yeah. Uh, I have, uh, and I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to a Canadian, you know, I actually do love the bare naked ladies. They're uh, a great band. Yeah. It's uh, okay. If you would have been like, Oh, I love Bieber. I probably to end this conversation. No, you won't catch me saying that. <laughs> Perfect. Then we can be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the, the rock and rollers, I'd sit and talk about rock and roll with them all night long. And unfortunately, uh, one, I don't know where he is. Another one's passed away. So if I were to go back to bartending tomorrow, they wouldn't be there. And that's kind of a depressing thought. But Right. I've been to more funerals for my patrons than I have for anybody else. Mm-hmm. I've had more of... And I, I probably because my favorite people to hang out with were the older crowd. They had the best stories. Mm-hmm. They really did. Like... Like Glenn, Glenn is this guy. I don't even know if he's alive anymore, but he's the one that taught me how to play crib. Yeah. Um, at the bar, 
and he would have two every day. He would come in. That was his daily walk. He would come in and have two OVs, which is a brand of beer. I don't know if you get there. Doesn't sound familiar. But he would have a warm. Warm beer? Yeah, <laughs> we kept a case of beer under the well for him because he didn't drink cold beer. It hurt his stomach. Okay. So he'd drink warm beer. And he'd have his two warm beer. And he would teach me how to play crib. And I'm a great crib player because of him. It actually helped me a lot in my current, well, when I was still frontline. Because a lot of the, the people that I was working with, you know, had been through the prison system. And in the prison system, crib is a big game there. So for me to be able to break down barriers, throw a crib board, hey, let's play a game of crib. Hey, like, what's going on with your parents? Like, why are you smoking so much meth? very casual question so why are you smoking so much meth (laughs) you know people in my profession we have we have a like a really dark humor and uh one of the dark jokes is it could have been meth Mm. (laughs) something bad happens could have been meth yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh so, uh, so you're a big cribbage player it, uh, that was, uh, I was taught how to play cribbage when I was maybe 10 years old by my dad because uh, he said it was my family's birthright that we that we learn how to play cribbage, you know. And so I've I can't find many people to play anymore, but right, uh, so many people don't know it's crazy. But I did find some friends that in where uh, we could play cribbage, we figured out that we don't need a board, we just need a piece of paper so we can count to 121. That and yeah. that's pretty much it. Hundred percent. You ever got the perfect hand though? Twenty nine. Oh, I've never got a twenty one. I've played so many games. Me neither. <laughs> no, I still think it's a fallacy. I don't think it'll ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially now because I don't have anybody else to play crib with me. Yeah. Playing one person crib is bullshit. Yeah, it, it's. Well, when I've mentioned uh, cribbage to people that are younger than me, I'm 44, and I'll mention it to somebody who's like in their 30s or something like that. They're like, "That's an old man's game," and I'm just, yeah, I want to slap them. Come at me then. I'm 29, so I feel you. Like, I legit have nobody in my friend circle who knows how to play crib. So my boyfriend's kid, she's eight. She's not good at math, but I'm like, this could be a fun way for her to learn some math. That's a that game's and great way to learn math. Yeah, you have so much fun with me. <laughs> so I'm thinking about it. Yeah, and he's also got ADHD though, so like attention span yeah. gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, do you play cutthroat or you just uh, uh... depends on who I'm playing with. Oh, okay. <laughs> if I'm playing with a kid. No, I'm not cutthroat. Yeah. I'm not going to steal your points. I'm not going to, no, <laughs> I'll tell you your points. But if I'm playing with somebody, so I've also taught people how to play crib in the bar. And uh, I told them, I will teach you. But after five hands, if you don't start taking your points, I'll take your points. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's more than fair. <laughs> so we'll play a couple of rounds. And I'm like, you forgot this, you forgot this. And then we get to round five. And I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to take these six points. Okay, I'm going to take these. <laughs> But I also give them, I lead them on too, because I'll just stare at them and be like, are you sure? <laughs> like, that's how many points you have? <laughs> My dad and I do that too, where uh, he'll count out his hand and then I'll just look at him and go, are you sure? And then he's, he forgets knobs or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Exactly. Oh, Curve is just such a great game. Uh, especially with a new person where you made rules just like you just said, and all of a sudden you double skunk them because they forgot all of these points. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Yeah. I It's been many years since I've been bartending. But, you know, I don't know about you, but um, my friends, whenever we have, say, we have nights together with parties, it's been a hot minute, but whenever we have our party nights, I always end up being, like, the group bartender. Because they're like, hey, look at all this alcohol. Make me fancy drinks. And I'm like, fucking got this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, most of the time, whenever I got to, got together with my friends, it was uh, just beer. I mean, uh, maybe maybe they'd have a sh- uh, bottle of Jaeger in the freezer or something like that. But uh, I there was one time where I did laugh my ass off where, uh, you know, uh, somebody uh, stood up and says, does anybody else want a beer? And then uh, four people raise their hand, and all of a sudden her 10-year-old kid says, I got it, Mommy, runs into the kitchen, pulls out four Coronas, cuts the lime, puts them in the bottles, and then brings them out to those four people. And I'm like, what have you been teaching this girl? <laughs> oh, my gosh. See? <laughs> yeah. We, I don't know, maybe I'm just a special type up here because I I love having uh, like an actual collection of liquor Mm -hmm. so that if I have people come over, even if we're just hanging out and enjoying ourselves, Oh, you want a glass wine? Got it. I got you. You want like our scotch on the rocks? No problem. I want to be accommodating, Mm. but also might have a mild case of alcoholism. Oh, yeah. Well, you're only an alcoholic if you go to class. So Exactly. And I don't go to classes. <laughs> I don't have an attention span. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're coming up on the end of the podcast. You are absolutely awesome to talk to. I really appreciate you taking the time to being on the show. Thank you for inviting me. This has been really great, and I so appreciate it. It's been a long day. so. And you've, been- uh, you've also actually, uh, I'm going to say it anyway, because I've been keeping my mouth shut the whole podcast, but you've also broken down a few things. The Canadian dialect, I haven't, uh, maybe it came through one or two times where you said th- a word like out or something <laughs> like that, but you're not saying anything like a boot or a. Or a. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we don't say a boot here. Yeah. Oh, around a boot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, I got to mention the bare naked ladies and, you know, or, uh, and I already know you're, you have nothing to do with the Toronto maple, maple leaves. Uh, no. no, I love maple syrup though. Oh, that's a fact. There you, there you go. That is a, that is a thing here in Canada. Our maple syrup is the shit. Yeah. Uh, so I'm told, uh, some people have told me when I, when I get close to the Canadian border to, you know, grab some syrup or something like that, but I haven't been close to the Canadian border since I was in high school. So send me, send me your, your info and I'll send you some. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I'd love that. Um, but since you're Canadian, I'm going to ask a Canadian question. You're behind the bar. It's late night. And then all of a sudden Ryan Reynolds walks in. What do you do? I mean, before I fangirl, like, really hard. (laughs) Okay, so for real, me and my boyfriend have have each said that, like, I've told him flat out that if I have a chance to sleep with Ryan Reynolds, that's happening. He's like, you don't do it, I will. So, um, yeah, yeah, that would, I would probably just collapse a little bit, get back up and be like, hi. (laughs) 
Well, I mentioned him because he he's a proud Canadian. He meant he mentions it quite a bit, but yeah, uh, yeah, just him and Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's an uh, is, is another guy that's on your uh, list of nah. your. No, nah, I'm just. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what what do they call that? Uh, the not a cheat list. Uh, uh, like a hall pass. Or, your hall pass. Yeah, yeah. Your hall pass. Yeah. So so Ryan Reynolds comes in, you you lose it for a second. Top of my list. <laughs> he is he is hot and funny. <laughs> Like check check, that's all I need. <laughs> and he's all he's doing is just I just want to know where the bathroom is. <laughs> I'll walk you. You want me to show you? I can direct you. I will. I will also stand and I'll stand watch. I'll make sure nobody comes in your bubble. <laughs> it's okay. That, that's kind of an unfair uh, question about Canadians, but I I had to ask. <laughs> That's okay. It's I think it's a completely fair question because he is amazing. <laughs> Brian, if you see this, I love you. <laughs> well, uh, I hope he, you know, that would be cool if he was listening to this. <laughs> but but um, anyway, so thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, you're my first Canadian. You're very awesome. I, uh, I love your TikToks. Uh, because uh, they're most of them, you have a lot of uh, attitude on them, and that alone can be kind of funny. So, um, why don't you tell everybody how to uh, where to find you on social media? Yeah, so really, the only social media platform that I have is my TikTok, um, which is the Canadian Ginger Girl. Um, my direct messages are always open because I also do anonymous stories for people in case they want to share their experience in whatever situation that they've been in. So I've had everything from funny, um, it takes a village. Cause that's also something I do is it takes a village stories where we just come together as a collective community to support each other with uh, supporting and, um, uh, how we take care of our kids or just taking care of each other as well as bartender stories. Um, I have a lot of people who come on and share their stories about how they've uh, experienced being dosed at bars and just spreading awareness about that and how easy it actually happens. Mm -hmm. So definitely, if you want to reach out, I'm there. I'm always, it might take me a bit because I get a lot of, a lot of messages, but I will get to you. Well, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol. So come on up to the bar because I'm not walking out there. It's scary out there. Thank you so much, Ashley, for being on the show. Uh, you were awesome. And, you know, if any, any of you wants to be a part of Hey Bartender Podcast, all you have to do is email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. Or if you just have a story that you want to have me read over the show, I'd love to do that, too. And... Just remember, email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com, or you can DM me on Instagram at heybartenderpodcast, or Facebook at heybartenderpodcast. I'm even on Twitter, but I really don't have a good of presence as most people do on Twitter, because I'm up against people like Ashley or Call Me Chris, you know, that's, it's intimidating. But I am on there at heybartenderpodcast. Uh, just drop me a line and I'd love to hear from every single one of you that listens to this show. Also remember to visit www.heybartenderpodcast.com. You can go there to listen to past episodes, current episodes, and pick up yourself a Hey Bartender Podcast t-shirt. Also like to thank Divide the Day for uh, their single Faded. 
Remember, if you want to catch up on more of Divide the Day, you can uh, find more of their music on bandcamp.com. Uh, they didn't have anything listed about their social media, but go hunt them down. You know, I totally encourage you guys to do that. If you like what you heard, go find them because uh, the quarantine's starting to lift everywhere, and pretty soon they're going to start wanting to do live shows. And if you like what you heard, it's got to sound even awesome, more awesome live. So until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to remind all of you that uh, your job is very important. Uh, bartenders, servers, cooks, uh, bus boys, bus girls, um, every single one of you is important. And, you know, anybody who tries to uh, look at you in the eye and say, why don't you get a real job? You know what? It is a real job. You make money and you keep uh, your stuff, your your family and yourself fed. You got a roof over your head. It is a real job. Don't let anybody tell you different. But also remember, Hey Bartender Podcast wishes all of you lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go?